The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and joining me alongside uh, from his beautiful looking studio out in uh, out in out in the Buffalo, out in the Below, we got B Finch. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. Uh, so the wall behind me that I'm trying to reach here. Um, is painted green, and I have thought about repainting the basement because I don't really like the green. But I think if I paint it, my awesome backdrop won't look so awesome anymore. So what, you're telling me that that rainbow-colored column is not real? It's not real. I'm sorry. Well, I could paint something down here rainbow and then go live on the, <laughs> the real backdrop if you want. <laughs> I got enough colors from... Painting my whole house. <laughs> not recently, obviously. Not not painting anything recently. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um, no, it looks good. I legit thought that was real for a second. I don't know why. I thought you had like these giant, yeah. beautiful lights in your See? basement. I think so. I'm going to keep it. I kind of like it. You should. You um, totally should. But for crafting and drafting, I was thinking that like I would have the, the board back there. But I don't know. I don't know. I got some thoughts to think. You get a, you ever say a that? bar background. Oh, yeah. All the time. Uh, you, you have thoughts, thoughts to, think? to think? All the time. I got so I am many a, thoughts I need to think. I am a master of the uh, the human, uh, the English language. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad the master language. Not, not even pick <laughs> one. So, uh, so we got a little bit of news before we get this episode underway. Oh, let me get the breaking news. There you go. Joe Flacco, New York Jet, again. No. The, All right, moving on. The, <laughs> the, the Mike White experiment is over. I thought he was the future man. I really I did. Know. I really did. Uh, Good for Joe Flacco. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I'm sure next week around this time when we start recording, mm-hmm. we will be doing a Joe Flacco film study, so y'all can see how elite he is. And uh-huh. he actually is. Yeah. That offensive line is going to send him to retirement. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, Matt. What's up? I was wondering if you wanted to play a quick game with me. Quick game? Absolutely. Okay. I like quick games. This one's also uh, pretty simple like we've been doing. Uh, This one is called uh, Give Him a Coach, Give Him a Quarterback. All right? And I would like you to try and pick either or to try and fix the team. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay. The Houston Texans, are you going to give them a coach or are you going to give them a quarterback? 
Quarterback. Okay. New quarterback going in for the Texans. It's Rod Taylor the, coming back, man. They'll be all right. Go. He's coming Jacksonville back. Jaguars. You're going to give him a coach or you're going to give him a quarterback? Coach. The Indianapolis Colts. Are you going to give them a coach or are you going to give them a quarterback? They're good at both. <laughs> They're good at both. I, I don't think they need either right now, at least for I the think, time being. I agree. I know I wholeheartedly agree. So I can say that they don't need either as well? Is that an option? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I, I mean, I didn't think about every single team. Okay. There's a few that popped in my head. The, the Colts are not one of those. Okay. Uh, the Steelers. Quarterback. Easy. Okay. No yep. problem. Uh, the Browns. Mm. It's so tough. This is a tough one. Quarterback is definitely higher up than the coach, mm-hmm. but I think they're okay. This is probably a neither scenario. I'd say so. You got to look at where Baker's elevated Cleveland to under center. And you really yep. want to risk being in quarterback purgatory again? Yeah, in a tough spot with that. It'll hard to find a. It'll be hard to find a quarterback better than Baker. Uh, the Denver Broncos. You're gonna give them a coach, or you're gonna give them a quarterback? Both. <laughs> you can't give them both. Damn it! Uh, I know. That's that, that's actually the team that I thought of. Like, oh man, I want to give them both. Coach, I, I would say coach first. Okay, coach first. Yeah. Sorry, Fangio. Uh, the Chiefs are just having a bad year. They would be the next tier. Um, Chargers, Raiders, nah. Uh, the Dolphins, this is the team that actually sparked this whole thing for me. Quarterback. So keep Flores, but find a different quarterback. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, Flores has been fine up until this point. His defense, I think, has... Had overachieved That's and maybe f- said if I have to change one thing, high. it's a front office thing. They let okay. Kyle Van Noy leave last year, and yeah. Van Noy was a big part of their defense, uh, amongst other pieces. So oh. I, I'm kind of in the quarterback thing. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Tua's not playing well. So uh, the Jets. Oh, God. Coach. Yeah, I like Robert Sala, but you know his, his energy and stuff. But that don't mean you're a good head coach. So far, uh, something something I seen this weekend bothered me about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they were asking him about, you know, what, what did you change, you know, during your your bye week. He's just like nothing. Oh, it was better execution. <laughs> He straight Whoa. up said, "I mean, well, I, I'm a, I might be par- I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. Why would we change anything? Everything's going to script. We're great. We're one in six or five. We want a top five pick. So what? And we just got I beat by Mac him. Jones of the Patriots. Oh my God, man! What if he came out and said that? What if he came out and goes, look, this is what we wanted.' That'd be a quarterback. <laughs> I'd have to go quarterback. I'd have to say quarterback. Okay. Uh, let's try and get through the NFC ones a little faster. I won't pick every team. Uh, You're good." The Panthers. Oh, God. Yeah. My darlings are falling apart. Quarterback. Yeah. I I think a couple weeks ago I would have said coach. Now I'm in the quarterback. Okay. 
the Falcons are the Falcons. Don't probably need to talk about them. Uh, the Detroit Lions. Neither. Wow. Neither. Okay. All right. Their problems do not lie in the quarterback or, I mean, did, could Jared Goff play better? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But um, foundationally, that team is just shot. Campbell walked into a bad situation, and Jared Goff got traded into a worse situation. So, neither. Okay. I'm with you on that. Uh, and then the Chicago Bears. Does it even need to be said? Both. <laughs> <laughs> head, no, I mean, head coach. We get, you got to give yeah. Justin Fields a chance. I'm I, I not overly fond of him right now. Um, it's funny how quiet the we need Fields camp has been. Dalton looked way better in that offense than Fields has at all. Yeah. But um, Matt Nagy's got to go. Matt mm-hmm. Nagy's got to go. I am very, very glad that he did not, each elected not to become coach of the Indianapolis Colts a couple years ago. Very glad. Yep. So. Yep. All right. We will skip the uh, rest of the North. And actually, I think if you just took Campbell and put him on the Bears and be- made him head coach, I bet they're winning, you know, well, at least one more game. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And then Matt Nagy somehow finds a way for the Bears to be, or the Lions to be 0 8 instead of 0 7. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, some way. Somehow. Uh, let's go to the East because they're the last interesting division. The West and the NFC West is set for as far as coaches and quarterbacks go. The uh, New York Giants, very interesting. Giants, uh, that's a coach. I mean, yeah. both, but coach, I think, more so. Okay. Uh, how about the Philadelphia Eagles? Quarterback. Okay. Hurts Hurts was exciting there for a minute, but he's kind of falling apart. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, real quick. And last, uh, and maybe least, the Washington Washingtons. Quarterback. Yeah. I don't think uh, Rivera is long for that team either, though. I think it's, uh, it's just not. That's just not going to work out. I I don't know. I don't hate, hate Rivera as a head coach, but neither do I. When he gets a quarterback in a, a place that can win, I think yep. he could do good things. He won with Cam Newton, who was really good at the time. And yep. listen, that those Panthers teams were good, but you know, you look back at those rosters, you're kind of like, eh. I, I I don't know. I I feel like even like the Fitzpatrick move was um, the Fitzpatrick move was interesting. The Fitzpatrick move was interesting. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I, getting, I'm I'm being distracted. No, you're good. You said your screen froze, and I was like, I can still see you fine. Okay. Um, the Fitzpatrick move was interesting. He did come off of a good year, but I, I don't know. I was excited for Fitzpatrick, but you got to get younger. And Heineke is not the guy. And no, I, I I don't know what what they do. But I would take I would a quarter. I think of a proper quarterback. You know, 
should come first before Ron Rivera yep. goes. Okay. I'm with you. That's all. That's all. That's all? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a fun little game. <laughs> I like when you bring games to the table. Yeah. I do. Please There's always going to be a surprise, too. You'll never know when it's coming. Good. Keep it that way. Keep it that way. Um. All right. So we got some film to look up, everybody. This is the film room. That's how we roll here. And uh, we got four pieces of uh, stuff to look at today. All right. So uh, call me Homer, whatever you want to say. Uh, we're going to do Carson Wentz once more. I know this is three, three straight weeks of um, cult film studies, but uh, I seen something that I really, really liked from Carson Wentz on Sunday against San Francisco. More of a psychology aspect. Uh, the play was brilliantly designed. Uh, not brilliantly designed, but well done. But I want to mm-hmm. talk like the psychology of play calling, I guess, with, with that bit. Um, and I'm also going to look at the, uh, the Titans and I'm getting a sack, a fumble strip sack. Yeah, strip sack on Patrick Mahomes uh, from this past weekend. Of course, they handled business really well. Brian is looking at two plays from the same game. He's got actually technically three. Uh, we're going to look at some positive Joe Burrow stuff. We're going to look at some positive Ravens defense. So, um, so yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, kick this thing off. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right. Let's. Uh, so let's start off with our good old our, our good old boy Carson Wentz. All right. So the play I'm looking at is uh, it's their last touchdown of the evening. It's what put them up thirty to thirty to eighteen. Carson Wentz hits uh, Pittman on like third and seven. I uh, we're gonna take a look at it in just a little bit, but um, but. Again, the psychology of the play is what I really want to look at. So I'll explain that in a moment. Let's uh, let's go and take a, wa- a look at that play right now. He pines in the game. Fake it to him. Wentz going all the way in the end zone to Michael Pittman for the touchdown. And the... All right. So... Start at one thirty-seven. Yeah, one thirty-seven. That place started at, or eleven thirty-seven. Okay. All right. So, uh, so why I chose this play? So, all night, well, at least early in the evening, uh, on third downs, third and longs, and stuff. Carson Wentz and the Colts were throwing like these little screens, just trying to get some yardage, get them in a little bit closer in the field goal zone. And uh, and on this play that sold it, you know, what I mean? the, it, Frank Reich has been very conservative with his play calling this year, too. And it would not have surprised me if Carson just went there. Um, but he faked it. He faked the screen. All right. It, they re- they did the screen several, several times throughout the day. And they knew that San Francisco knew it was coming and actually set up everything pretty perfectly and i'll show you what i mean with that so um so our formations everything that we got going on here we have 11 personnel all right yes 11 personnel uh that's jack doyle on the bottom of the screen or the left part of the offensive line all right it's shotgun trips right but it's a bunch formation and i told you guys how much i love the bunch formation it's very cool. Uh, it's a very good way to mix up defenders. You, you, 
you get thrown off for a second and can and you know or an offensive wide receiver can throw off a de- a, a covering defender and uh, really shake him up and, and and get some extra space on him. Uh, for the defense, it looks like they're in a four-two-five. All right, that's that's what I've gathered. A four-two-five nickel. Uh, it is zone coverage, and this is part of the, this is part of the reason why it, it it you know this this helps. Carson played it very well, and uh, it is cover one. It is cover one. They have one man deep uh, to prevent a, a deep shot. But yeah, this is okay. So this is third and ten. The situation is this: third and ten. Colts are up twenty three to eighteen with two minutes fifty six seconds left. A field goal puts the game out of reach, sort of. But I like the aggressiveness here, especially coming off the heels of what happened with the Colts and Ravens several Mondays ago. Yeah. So let's start to break this thing down. I'll show you exactly what I'm looking at here. All right, so here comes the snap. All right. We talk about reads or making reads all the time. And as a defensive player, uh, being aware of what the quarterback is doing. That's, I believe, Zach Paschal. On the right-hand side, I could be confused. It's either Pas- no, Pascal's right there. Excuse me. That's Ashton Doolin. Um, that's Ashton Doolin. And Carson, as soon as he gets the ball hiked, he looks immediately to his right. All right? Looks immediately to his right, selling this eventual fake. Could he take it? Absolutely could. Absolutely could. All right? Um, but, however, he has better. Uh, he, ha- he has bigger plans. All right, here's our guy, Michael Pittman, who has earned his way into wide receiver one territory. All right, he's about to start breaking off here. But all right, there's the pump fake. He, he pump faked it. He faked the throw. And yeah. the, the beautiful thing of this, we have our two San Francisco defenders here. Number one and number, I believe that's 24. And they're rushing forward. Yeah, look at number one putting on the air brakes. Oh, yeah. He knew he got played. (laughs) (laughs) He got played real good. All right. He came in. And what this does is allow Pittman to get one-on-one coverage, which we know at this point that Pittman can succeed in one-on-one coverage. We watched him catch a pass over a dude and score a touchdown against the Ravens. He caught a pass while while defensive pass interference was happening to him. Pittman... um, is that dude. He has great hands and one-on-one matchup is exactly what they want. All right. Carson sees this and Pittman is again, Pittman is his guy. Great protection. All right. Eric Fisher's over here. We got Naheem Hines ready to pick up some blocks. They're oh no, excuse me. That's Doyle picking up the block and Eric Fisher's just standing there kind of waiting for anything. He's got plenty of space, plenty of space to do work. And Wentz takes a chance and you got to keep in mind too, how rainy this was, right? Rainy games, and this is really, really rainy. And rainy games, passing is not the best way to go, technically. But look at this. All right, Pittman is wide open. Well, he's pretty open. He's gonna, he's going to into some coverage. All right, we're gonna see uh, like a safety or just a defense. I'm pretty sure it's a safety. Um, come on, into him, but bam! In the end zone yeah. to Michael Pittman. Great hands and a touchdown. All right. The psychology is the play calling. All right. Everybody, again, everybody loves to criticize the Marshawn, the, the non-Marshawn Lynch touchdown run for Seattle. But psychology called for it, and just the Patriots were well ahead of it. For the Colts right here, who didn't necessarily need a touchdown, 
All right. Like I said, they could have made a field goal, but field goals are risky. That's a 40 something yard field goal in the rain and the wind. It's risky. All right. And and San Francisco can get the ball back there and march downfield and win the game. They went aggressive. They want a touchdown. And that's exactly what they went out there and got. All right. So one more time, start to break it down a little bit, get the hike, and and instantaneously, without without hesitation, looks to his right hand side. And Ashley Doolin sells it. He's looking for it. And you almost think it, it you really do think it's a screen. You yeah. got Pittman and Pascal right ahead of him, setting up blocks. That's the idea. And they blow past him. And they're like, oops, we messed up. <laughs> and Pittman's that go. He blows that dude out, catches, and he's paid up. For the touchdown. That's psychology. That is that is sports psychology in a nutshell, and that is play-calling psychology, is setting up. You know, game scripting, all that stuff, it, you're setting up stuff from the, the very first drive that you do. You are setting st- stuff up for the, the remainder of the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, well, you're setting stuff up for the remainder of the half. You're setting stuff up for the third and fourth quarter. You're setting stuff up for the whole game. All right. Teams base their game plan. So halftime, when the halftime adjustments come in, teams base their game plan on what you are doing and what you are showing. And again, the safe route, the conservative route, Coach Frank Reich, the conservative play caller. Yeah, he's just going to throw it out for a little dump pass, get five yards and closer to field goal range. Nope. Fakes it, takes it over the top. Pittman gets a touchdown. Probably wasn't expecting that, but, um, that's how good that's that's how good Michael Pittman is, and that's how good Carson Wentz has been under center for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, very much a, a roller coaster game watching Carson Wentz in this one, uh, cutting him a lot of slack due to the crazy insane elements. My wife had made a comment of, "I had never heard rain through a broadcast like that. Like it, it sounded like someone was pouring rocks." On them, you know what I mean? Right. It, it did oh, it was not cool. Sound like rain. I liked it though. It was it was like sitting in your sun porch listening to the rain. It was really nice. It was <laughs> it was it, it had a nice vibe to it. I liked yeah. it. And it was yeah, just pouring buckets. So my question is, uh, does Wentz normally wear gloves? I don't think he does actually. He did in this. He did right. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal with that was. I feel like he usually plays. I feel like he usually plays barehand. I don't remember if I've ever seen him with, with gloves. Yeah, I'll have to is, look at another clip from another game. I'd have to. I mean, we, like I said, we've done film study on him before, so um, just take a look at that. It, it might have been situational, but I'm sure it, it, it damn well helped. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the Garoppolo's hand size completely came into play in this game. and I'm not even trying to take shots at the guy, but, I mean, he was struggling. For sure he was. For yeah. sure. And and Wentz, big old Wentz there, he's a, you know – well, he's handling, you know, the massive uh, gloves that he puts on. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're alluding to something. I, I have um, no idea what you're talking about. But a little no, innuendo. I, I liked Wentz's bounce back in this game. I was happy for him. I was happy for the Colts because it, it started out rough, man. Like, Always an ugly first quarter. It was like, he's is he seriously, like, like paid off? Is he trying to throw this game? Yeah, things got shaken up. I know Taylor fumbled early, and then yep. he technically fumbled. And they recovered, right? He technically fumbled. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, they fumbled the snap, but that inter- that interception they caught. They ended up determining it a fumble. 
Ah, okay. They ended up the the NFL whatever ended up saying it was just a fumble. It was <laughs> tipped. It was tipped. Um, but yeah, shovel pass is not Carson Wentz's game. So no, not hey, quite. But it, it, that's that's a part of Wentz that I you want to rein in, but you'd never want to eliminate. No, I I, I agree. I I listen. I love his. Um, I love that he's taken off. I love that he's running. I'm loving his passion. I was just talking on my Colts fans at Bills Land podcast earlier. And, you know, Darius Leonard is the emotional leader of this team. But uh, Carson's bringing it on the other side of the ball, which is something that we desperately, desperately need. So I love to yeah. see it. Very proud of Carson Wentz. I've never been happier to be wrong in my life. Never been <laughs> happier. So, um, so, all right. So that is one play down. Real quick, like I said, just sports, uh, it's just play calling psychology, a different aspect that we really haven't looked at. You know, we, we, we do the plays, we do the setups, the formations, uh, where guys are at, blocking, all that stuff. We never really talk to psychology. That play doesn't work if if the Colts don't call multiple screens right. throughout the day. It doesn't work. Not at all. So, all right, Brian, you are up next, buddy. What do we got? Uh, what are we looking at today? Uh, Got to look at the Bengals and Ravens, and my man, Joey B, uh, was slanging that thing. Uh, really stepped it up this week. I mean, we, we've seen it creeping along. Obviously, the Bengals have been playing well, but I think this week was the week that we finally got to see all the parts starting to come together. Defense played a lot better than they had in uh, weeks past and took, her, uh, took care of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, pretty soundly, but uh, first we'll start off by looking at Joe Burrow, and then uh, later on we're going to look over at the other side of the ball for the Bengals and see what they did to stop Lamar. So we got uh, 11 personnel, shotgun, twin backs, trip right. Uh, but that twin back is actually the uh, tight end, CJ Uzoma. Is that his name? Uzoma, oh, we're twenty-seven seconds. Yeah, see, uh, Azuma. Yep, Azuma. Yes, this is that is the is that wrong the other one. clip. That's the other clip. Oops, there we go. There, there we it go. is. My fault. <laughs> Same game, different clips. <laughs> uh, yeah. So very standard for what the Bengals are doing. And then uh, to match up with them, uh, Ravens come out in a very unique coverage. Guys have never seen this before. I know you haven't, but uh, they're coming out in a nickel uh, man coverage, uh, cover one. I know everyone's shocked. Everyone's shocked. Well, I'll give you time to catch your breath. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's uh, let's watch this play unfold, and then uh, we'll get back into it and break it down. Let me just make sure we're good on OBS. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Burrow. And to the side. Got him. That's Chase. Caught him a play by Smith. So good. It's just a really nice on-rhythm pass. Just single read. one let alone two. Like, that's ballsy. When you have – I mean, it's Joe Mixon. I'm I'm not overly fond of Joe Mixon, but um, – but when you have Joe Mixon as widely touted as as he is, good for Joe. Yeah, happy for. Yeah. Him. Well, and I I, I like uh, something that if you're hanging out with me on Sundays, you'll hear me say uh, probably several times a day is uh, I hate when plays are designed for one outcome, which is why like I love I like QB sneaks are effective when it's fourth and one, 
you know, very high success rate, but at the same time, I hate the idea that you're designing a play to literally just achieve one goal and that's to get one yard. Like that's like the heavy back, you know, with like the two running backs with the full back with the lead, like pounded up the middle place. I hate those plays because <laughs> what's the only, the only outcome that you're trying to get out of that run play is for your running back and your full back. They're just pounded as hard as they can to get one yard. Correct. What, which is like, I'm sorry, can't I use the entire field and force the defense to cover, you know, like all of it and send I, I one agree. guy deep and one guy meet in the mid range and another guy making sure he covers the gets the first. Plus, you got all the, the backs leaking out. It's this is a psychology thing, too, in a way like kudos to Zach Taylor on this. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously, look at the box right now. Look at how the box is stacked. Yeah. Um, it, it's the Ravens are obviously playing for the run. I mean, they they have some guys. They have guys in coverage, no doubt, but they're playing ready to defend the run. And yeah. Taylor's like, "Nope, we're not going to do it." Joe B, go throw it out there. Yeah, because in all honesty, with the way that the formation is set up, with the two wide receivers to the right, uh, Uzoma Azuma uh, on the right hand side of Joe Burrow, and then Mixon to his left, a handoff stretch play to the right, or just like a run to the right, is makes a lot of sense. You'll have the you know the hybrid tight end help with the clear out lead block. Plus you get your two wide receivers that you can either try and run the cornerbacks off by just running a route or you can have them block or whatever. And yeah, it's a, it's a great job of using a, uh, a, a multiple formation look because you can't really tell if it's going to be a run or a pass. Right. And then the other thing I really like about this is Joe Burrow's chemistry with uh, Chase has been phenomenal. Like everyone knows this Chase is doing just what Jefferson did last year with Kirk Cousins. It's just elite route running with above average to elite, you know, um, athleticism. It's just exploding and the, the guy can't guard it. And there's, you're just limiting it. That's all you're looking to do with Chase right now. You're just trying to limit it. So they're probably trying to take a lot of stuff off the top, but this play is a perfect comeback route, which I wish we had a better look at it. I, I looked and looked. I couldn't find one um, <laughs> because you don't get to see him break the route off at the top, which is really what makes a comeback route work the best. Right. And I wanted I wanted to see how he kind of broke it down. But uh, let, let's play it and uh, we'll, we'll talk it through a little. Yeah. Bit. Let me know when you want me to stop. All right. Here we go, buddy. Stop. Okay. So the pass protection is phenomenal on this because they brought five guys. You know what I mean? It, it, that is a, a lot of times ends up being a win for the defense. Evenly matched offense feels okay, but most of the time five guys on defense rushing five slash six blockers on offense. A defender normally gets home, especially as quick as Joe gets rid of the ball here. Um, he's going to mitigate that, but at the same time, uh, they just struggle to get to Joe Burrow. I don't know what it was. The offensive line did a great job today, and Joe used the pocket really well, too. Quentin Burrow Spain, was, baby. Quentin Spain. <laughs> Quentin Spain was a great <laughs> signing. I said it from day one. Um, yeah, he just he, he doesn't look anywhere else, unfortunately. So right now he's staring down at Jamar Chase, and yeah. that's okay because I can tell by the time that he has pulled his arm back that – Chase has already reached the top of his route and he 
just knows that, all right, now it's time to throw the ball. He probably could, in all honesty, it's kind of cliche, but Johnny Unitas and the Colts back in the day, Andrew would love this, they used to go out and practice in the dark. They would throw passes in the dark. And I think um the Niners did that stuff too. But um, that's what this is, man. That Jamar, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow could run this route a thousand times in the dark, and they'll more or less have this exact same. Isn't this, like, scary? Yeah. How this came about? Like, mm-hmm. they legit gave up. I mean, everyone called them stupid. I mean, not everybody, but everyone's like, really? You're not going to draft Penny Sewell? Right. An offensive lineman to guard to protect Joe Burrow? And you got Jamar Chase, and he drops a bunch of big passes. Oh, yeah. In, preseason. In preseason. preseason. He's, a, he's a bum. Yeah. Hey, dude, I passed over him in fantasy, and I'm pissed off. <laughs> hate it. Absolutely hate it. Yeah, I don't have him in any leagues. <laughs> Yeah, so right now, the you without being able to see it, just know that Chase is now working his way back to the line of scrimmage. So we can finish this off. Yes. Yep. And to the side, got him. That's Chase. Caught him a play by Smith. And it's because of his success in other games that there's film out there on Chase now that he can start using old film to be bluffs in new games. Something that as a rookie, you have nothing of at all. But as you play each game, you're putting more stuff out there and you have more opportunities to play the routes in slightly different ways and get off the line in slightly different ways because that's its own chess match. You see pass rushers and offensive tackles constantly changing what they're trying to do, how they're trying to win. It's the same thing on the outside with the cornerbacks and the wide receivers. Wide receivers are constantly trying to show different looks so you don't ever have a tell. You don't ever have an easy guess as to what exactly they're they're doing with their feet to set up a route. And Chase is going to be one of those ones for years, which is don't even bother. Just stick with them as best as you can, and that's all you can do. There's just certain guys that that's what, this is, that's what it's like. A.J. Green for years was like this. It's like, don't worry about it. He's going to beat you up the line. Just stick with him and try to keep the quarterback from throwing towards him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, dude, we're almost on week eight. I think he's almost at 800 yards receiving right yeah. now. He just put up two He just had 201 yards or something like that in this game. Like, Peace. Chase is unbelievable. I'm one a, of the best cover grab. corners in the league in Marlon Humphrey. Yes, at that. All right. Let's watch it play through one more time. Great snap, great shotgun, great, uh, great protection there for Joey B. Like, uh, like Brian said, just, just a huge pocket uh, to, to yep. kind of make reads and, and whatnot. And honestly, well covered. Like, I mean, if you look at the top of the key, top of the screen here, these dudes are covered tight. It's just Jamar yeah. Chase. Jamar just yeah. Jamar Chase is the better route runner. I mean, or, that win. was his job. He's got to win, yeah. right? He has to, or this, or there, or since he's given the ball back on the right on, on their on the opponent 49 48 yeah. 49 right and <laughs> and Ravens are in prime spot to score and that changes the entire game and it yeah, changes it? the entire game the flow Baltimore gets on the board a little bit sooner and yeah and, the side, and there it is chase. very ballsy call by Smith. but it it it's got to feel great for the Bengals when the the coaches put faith in the players and they put them out there to go make a play in a big spot early in the game. Say, hey, we're we're across the fifty. This is our motto. If it's manageable, we're gonna try and convert every time. Right. You know, obviously, if that was fourth and twenty, I don't think they're gonna be you know, trying to go for it. Um, 
So the next play, the very next play, is a touchdown pass to Uzoma. It is. It is be- thing of beauty. Let's take a look at how that unfolds. Yeah, we don't need to break this one down. It, it just how important that la- that conversion ends up being with this play right here. Right. Tate on the move. Blocked by Williams. Long pass downfield, and there he goes. Uzama dancing down there with Levine and Humphrey, and he breaks the tackle and takes it in. Well, it's a different drive. It's a different drive. Is it? Yeah. Go back. <laughs> No, it is. They're, they're at, they have three points in this in this one. Oh, they kicked the field goal. Damn it! Both both of them have three points, but it's cool. It is still a cool play. Tate on the move. That is double technical. Two minutes thirty seconds later. Dancing down there with Levine. Apparently, Joe Burrow didn't have any highlights between one minute left from the first quarter and the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't. All right, that doesn't make it nearly as cool then. <laughs> I don't either. All right. Moving on. Moving on, my friend. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Next up, we're going to look at the Chiefs and the Titans. All right. Uh, the Titans have a defense? Eh. <laughs> I mean, do they? I mean, they made Patrick Mahomes look pretty uh, pretty stupid. I mean, I guess it's everybody's doing that this year. I'm not going to say it's, stupid. but it's It's easy to do, man. I don't see the big deal. Who's scared of the Chiefs? I'm not. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Col- Colts by three. They, they gotta wake. They have to wake up, though. I don't, I'm not worried to. about them missing the playoffs. I'm not worried about the Chiefs missing the playoffs. I am concerned about the Chiefs winning the division, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chargers took a, a step back last time they played, but you know, a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Uh, the Titans game plan great. And listen, Mike Vrabel, a defensive-minded head coach. He, I mean, it's obviously player execution, but he had his guys well prepared. And honestly, listen, Tennessee and Kansas City has been um, just kind of one of those games the last couple of years. They met in the AFC Championship game uh, several uh, 2019. All right, and like I don't know, they just they were ready for it. They're ready for it. I mean, listen, Tampa Bay. Kind of, I'm not gonna say they figured out Patrick Mahomes, but they did lay a blueprint down to kind of figure out how, to, to to figure him out. There's no doubt about that. And Tennessee uh, came in, and even with their lack of defense, so to speak, they they looked elite. Yep. They looked elite against um, uh, against Patrick Mahomes. So. Uh, so for this offensively, let's uh, let's go over to that. Our personnel, our situation is the last play. All right, one thirty-one. Okay, offensively, uh, we are in ten personnel. All right, which is weird. I didn't see Travis Kelsey out there for this one, but it is third and seven. Uh, you think Travis Kelsey is like a shoe in? But yeah, I don't. I don't see him out there at all. So ten personnel, weird. right? Yeah, like none of these guys even look tall enough to to even remotely. Right, eighty seven. Yeah, I'm not seeing them. No, I'm not seeing them. Uh, ten personnel, which means one running back, zero tight ends, and you have four wide receivers out there, and uh, they're in the shotgun. Something that Mahomes and 
you know, likes to execute out of. He's not really an under center kind of guy. He's a he's a big time shotgun. Give my give himself some space to kind of move and make some miraculous uh, plays the way he does. I I, don't, I really don't think I see him under like directly under center very much. But um, but all right. So for the defense, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Actually, you, you'll be able to hear them when we play the play. Uh, they're in nickel. They are in nickel. It is man coverage. And we got one guy deep, and you can see him uh, for our visual watchers. You can see him back by the 30-yard line, 32-yard line, um, the Tennessee Titans 32-yard line. So let's give this play a watch, and, uh, and yeah, we'll begin to break it down. Here on third and seven, Mahomes in trouble. Mahomes hit from behind, loses the football. Bud Dupree. Okay, so it wasn't a strip sack. It was a fumble, though, which Mahomes did recover. Um, there's the play right there. All right, so let's just, I mean, just look at just how tough they made it. I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs did not score a touchdown in this game. No. I don't. I think that's a first. All right, that's a first. Probably. I, I, I would dare say it's a first. He's that good where he's scoring a touchdown at least. And, listen, Tennessee came up, and they came up good. Uh, what I'm looking again, the man coverage is really, really good here. And listen, I, I couldn't name a single cornerback off the Tennessee Titans. Right. Could you No. nickel here on third and they play tight. Uh, but here so, they have a dude named Jackson, but it, it's not <laughs> the Jackson that they used to have is a different Jackson. I right. remember that. But the right here, and if you guys can see my mouse on the screen, I don't know if you can. You'll you'll see the, our little edge rusher over here, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, guy on the edge. He's blitzing like crazy, and he's got a pretty wide open lane. All right, he takes it, Seven. and he's getting met by the left tackle. All right, honestly, if if somebody wanted to to blitz in there, they'd have a straight shot at Mahomes. But Dupree, he almost takes advantage of the lineman pushing off. Let me take another look at this. Let me rewind right, it back. Let me take a look back. Just back a couple seconds. Third and seven. Yeah. He he kind of like does like a stiff arm thing. Mm-hmm. And he take he actually it's a good angle. He takes a good angle on, on Mahomes. And by the time Mahomes realizes that he's in trouble, it's it's far too late. It's far too late. But look at I mean, look at the coverage right here. Look at the cut. That actually might be Travis Kelsey. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, look how tight the man coverage is. Like, Mahomes has nowhere to go. This is yeah. very much like the last play with Joe Burrow where he had, um, you know, he had the one guy open, but the, the coverage was so tight. And Mahomes, tough spot, third and seven. And, look, I mean, there's just contact. There's close contact. It's clean. It's good hand fighting. Mahomes. And, yeah, actually what the setup was was this guy jumping right here, this uh, defensive lineman jumped up and uh after he landed Mahomes was like oh shoot I got to take off and it discombobulated him and that's when Bud Dupree got in on there. Yeah. So really the big thing was I mean you can't you can't play zone coverage against against Mahomes and the Chiefs. You just can't. That's that's not how it works. You have to play man, you have to be very good and very efficient at it. Nickel right. here on These guys are covered very very well. I mean like there there's I mean, this might be the the biggest gap right here, an, a, a yard. Everybody else, right. right on their guy, right on their guy, right on their guy. 
good pressure up front, this revamped offensive line that uh, the Chiefs paid a ton of money for, you know, this offseason to help Patrick Mahomes, and they couldn't get the job done. No. There it is. Great swim move. Good angle. And uh, fumble. No turnover, but, uh, you know, again, to, to, to slow down Patrick Mahomes, keep, keep him on to the sideline, it was good. It was very good on Tennessee's part, and Tennessee is quickly moving into uh, a, the territory of a team that you have to take seriously. Yeah. So. It, it's it's uh, very odd to see Patrick Mahomes not trust anything. He's definitely it, shaken up right now. There's no confidence at all. He comes out there every, not every Sunday, but several of these Sundays right now, and it seems like he doesn't have the same swagger that he, he once had. His, uh, his ego has has taken a hit, and he needs to find himself. I think that's the best way to put it. I I, I really do. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he has an ego, but, I mean, deep down, listen, when you get paid as much as he does, when you do as much amazing stuff as he does, uh, right, you got it. There, there's confidence. There's definite confidence. He's got right. a lot going on right now with this. His family is annoying his family on social media. Um, and then this, and then, and then this, he's just not playing good. Like Casey is three and four right now. Yeah. They are tied with the Denver Broncos at the bottom of the AFC West and are, you know what I mean? Just some of the teams that they're in the Raiders are at the top of the AFC West right now. What, what world are we living in? Ah. It's like the eighties all over again. Well, not even I, don't, the 80s. I don't okay. like it. It's like the seventies. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so I want to give a little look, a little love, and just show how Tennessee does game plan and how future teams should game plan for Mahomes. You can't be soft. You can't be soft with them. You got to have man coverage, and you got to be on them. And you got to just that big, the, the big time pressure, collapse in the pocket. But you have to be ready, you know, for him to be mobile because he is a mobile quarterback. Yeah, you have to be ready for it. So, all right, moving on to our final. Film study play of the week. Going back to Bengals and Ravens game. Brian, what are we looking at here? Why'd you pick it? Well, just like we're watching with the Chiefs, um, this is the second time that Lamar Jackson has been forced to look human. And that even though he does have all the athleticism you could ever ask for at quarterback, you still need to know how to... use all that athleticism correctly. And I was trying to figure out why watching the the first half of the game, why it, it, why he looked the way he did down the stretch. Cause it was a close game for most of the game. So I was like, why, why did he, why could he not pull himself together? Why could the offense not get going? And I found something that was going on in the first half that continued throughout. And that is that Lamar is struggling and figuring out if the best decision is to run or to pass. He's at a crossroads. He's he's at this weird spot right now where he was having a few good weeks of passing the ball and looking good. And, And listen, Matt and I have said it time and time again, the receiving core for this team is atrocious. They've tried to make it better. You know, they've, they've attempted to improve it in ways um, but it is not there. It, they are not uh, a passing offense in the NFL right now. And, and it's, it's starting to catch up to him a little bit. Um, 
Marquise Goodwin or Marquise Goodwin, uh, Marquise Brown is kind of a one trick pony. Uh, your most reliable player is Mark Andrews, which is cool, but you know, there's only so much you can do with just a tight end. And then add in the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a myriad of, of running backs coming in and out. Who knows what kind of chemistry is actually being built in there. Um, I think this week it, it, it all came down, came to a head and it was just a little too much. And there was no consistently consistency built in the first half of reliable pass catchers. So therefore, here we are in the in the third quarter, and he just looks lost. And this is something what the Bengals are, are going to be doing. This is something that the Ravens have done to other teams for the last few years. Right. So, so let's look at the personnel and stuff right now before we play the cut. Very cool personnel grouping. I uh, <laughs> meant to text this to you with uh, exclamation points when I saw it. Uh, this is our first 21 personnel so far. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, it yeah. is. Isn't that fun? Two tight ends. We got two tight ends on the field, uh, or I'm sorry, two running backs on the field, but it's a fullback. So we got the fullback over there in the H back role. And then you've got your, uh, two wide receivers split out wide in a twins formation. So 21 personnel shotgun twins, right. Would be the play call. Uh, and then to match it on defense, they're going to go nickel, cover zero, blitz the hell out of them. And oh boy, did they. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at that play. Yeah, they, they, they got him good on here. Let's take a look. Here the last couple weeks. Third down eight. Hendrickson's on him and brings him down. He's sacked again. Fourth what was that? Like 2.2 2. 2 seconds? Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Very good. You can definitely tell he misses uh, Ronnie Stanley a little bit. Well, he does. They they they're, they're definitely beat up. They um they've got like two guys starting on the line right now that have one had six starts, one's had five starts. You know, it's it's definitely a hodgepodge uh, offensive line, which isn't adding into things. But I have a huge problem with this play because of of the decision that Lamar Jackson makes. So uh, why don't we play right now, and I'll get you to stop it. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Submerged here the last couple weeks. So there was nothing about that play, Matt, right, that showed from the defense they they were doing nothing but blitzing, right? I mean, they could have dropped off, but if you were the quarterback, you would have been like, all right, they're they're sending the house, guys. Right. Yeah, it was it was pretty blatantly obvious. I mean, look at his, his he's got receivers open right here. Yeah. He's got that's, like wide open. I think that it might be open. Andrews up to up top. It is. Um, that's Marquise Brown underneath. And that's Marquise Brown. Like why do you mm-hmm. He probably he probably doesn't want to take the short pass, but it's like you got to give it. They're giving it to you. Uh, yeah. and you have guys that can go. And Andrew has good hands, too. Mark Andrews has very good hands. Sure does. Trust him. But uh yeah, Lamar looks just absolutely rattled here. He looks if absolutely he, rattled. If if he would have recognized the blitz, called it out, and then taken the check down, they're looking at a fourth and short on their side of the field. You know what I mean? On on the opponent's side of the field, on your way to maybe scoring a touchdown or kicking the tying field goal or whatever. Instead, you take a second, you end up having a punt. Right. It, it's just 
these little things will keep you from winning the championship. And if he wants to be the guy holding the Lombardi trophy, not just the guy holding the MVP trophy at the end of the year, these are the kind of plays that Lamar needs to start making and secretly be more proud of them than like anyone could even, this is such a nonchalant play. This play, if he would have converted it at third and eight, man, I would not have pulled it for this show. You know what I mean? Right. It would have just gone into the catalog of good quarterbacks making good, smart plays. Even I mean, and, converted or even just making that pass. Cause I mean, you have Justin Tucker as your kicker. Sure. Right. And from what I understand, the weather condition was fine down in Baltimore. Yeah. If even if even if Marquise Brown gets tackled on the thirty yard line, Justin Tucker's efficiency from that range is 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 incredible. And Thank you, you have a tie game right there, and you kick it off, and and you could bury Cincinnati back. And you know what I mean? I mean, obviously they they, they eventually did, but you're you're doing that with at a tie game. So yeah, this this play really bothered me. Let let's start it over and watch sure. it through one more time. And just I'm just gonna yell out, when he, throw the ball. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hiking it. The last couple weeks. It's such a hot route too. Look look how shallow that route is. I know. It was almost called it like. Right now, I know Greg Roman, Giro, as I always <laughs> used to call him when he was the Bills coach. Giro is looking at that film. On, on you know his laptop that night or or the next morning or whatever and just going I I couldn't have given you a a better outlet they and no one's even close to him and it was a, it was a gimme especially because B- Bateman um Bashar Bateman may end up being their one wow. someday but he's not today the only true one as far as a wide receiver now the number one target's got to be Andrews but the number one wide out is Marquise Brown and I don't know why this doesn't go to him immediately. Right. I mean, look, Marquise Brown is just kind of looking there like, oh, nah. all right, here we go. Like, he's looking here back now. He's making reads. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, if I get the ball, what, what can I do with it? Yeah, this yeah. is this is very um, not good. Not right. He's a third, fourth year quarterback. This is not very good on Lamar's part. Hey, he's trying to get clear. He got he got he yeah. got rocked. How much time does he think he has? Like you can't do this every time, dude. These these defensive ends are running four sixes, four fives. That's still pretty damn fast. Yeah, it, and like you don't even need to like just step in and and what that it's it's a lob, like it's a little lob pass, and, and it, you know what I mean. You don't need complete space. You gotta go. You just gotta go, and it's tough. It, it's tough. And, you know, we're not just doing this to crap completely on Lamar. I mean, this, this bad play deserves, you know, it's, it's fair share of criticism. Uh, we still know that Lamar Jackson is a quality quarterback, but just this play was, um, was very, was not very good. Was not no. very good on, on, on Lamar's part. And then, yeah, no, he's, I, he's down. I, I am, I'm frustrated with this play. Just like I get frustrated with Josh Allen's play as a Bills fan, just cause, I there's just so many little things I know that go into the game that I want these guys to start doing more just so they understand. Like, first off, that's a hit. You're not taking Lamar. It's not even about the sack. You know what I mean? I, I don't want you taking hits because it may not be the hit today. It may not be the hit tomorrow, but eventually one of these hits is going to be the wrong one. And let's try and let's try and mitigate how many of those hits we're actually taking. I completely agree. Uh, let's watch it through one more time. 
emerged here the last couple weeks. Third down eight. I mean, they did bring, what, six guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 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 Five, yep, five, six, seven. Seven guys. So they don't actually even have a guy to cover Marquise Brown, I don't think. No, he's wide (laughs) open. (laughs) Honestly, with how shifty Hollywood Brown is, he could get it. He can get the touchdown there. Or not a touchdown, it's going to be first down. Um, He can definitely get the first down and extend this drive. Not good. Not good at all. But... um, but that is it, everybody. That is it for the film room. We got our two offensive plays. We got our two defensive plays down. Thank you so much uh, for giving us the time of day. We know. We we literally, on YouTube, we call this the beginner's film room because we're learning with you. All right, we just want to show you guys exactly what's going on. Announcers, you know, the excitement of the game, football is such a fast-paced game that you may not be able to pick up on some of the details. You may not see some of the stuff. You don't may not know some of the terminology, and that's what we're here to help with as best as we possibly can. Trust me, we know there's people far more qualified to talk film room with you uh, and film study with you, but we like doing it. We like learning. Um, I already feel leaps and bounds better from where we were two months ago. I don't know about you, Brian. Oh, yeah. But I, I, <laughs> I love this. I, I really love this, and I'm excited to continue it going forward. But that is not it for this episode, everybody. Uh, Ryan Holt Bailey, Bailey excuse me, will join me in just a moment for your Tuesday, uh, your week eight waiver wire pickup. All right, everybody. Ryan Holt Bailey joins us now for our uh, our weekly or week seven or week eight. My God. Uh, waiver wire outlook. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing today, buddy? I was really waiting for you to be like, Ryan is joining us from his car tonight. Oh, I was trying to keep you know, you gotta break the fourth wall. Yeah. You had to break the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice car though. I'm sure it's warm down there. Thanks, Texas. man. Yeah. It's forty something degrees here in yeah. Buffalo. So it's like eighty eight degrees today. It was a nice Oh Jesus. Humid um, day. Must be nice. Must be nice. Uh so let's run through our waiver wire. It is pretty thin at this point. And honestly, we're getting close to postseason time. We're about a month away from the beginning of fan- most people's fantasy football postseason. Right. So, um, yeah. Good it's luck. getting on crunch time. It, yeah, most certainly so. Uh, let's take a gander. Let's start off, as we always do, with the quarterback situation. Because, again, we're coming into another uh, you know week with, with some buys. And maybe, maybe not one of your player. you know, maybe a quarterback is out. Uh it is thin at the top for the quarterback position, but the one person that I absolutely, absolutely recommend is Joe Flacco. You can't be serious. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it, no, not not even, not even in the slightest. Um, it's Mac Jones. It's hands down Mac Jones. Thirteen point eight percent rostered. He's putting up uh, really good numbers through and through. Twenty six point eighteen. It isn't against the Jets, uh, but twenty six points in one of my leagues. Uh, he hasn't really crapped out it since the first Jets game. Like he's gotten above like thirteen. He's got respectable, no, decently respectable numbers. And we listen. Right. We look at the waiver wire for depth. It's not looking for starters at this point. But uh, Mac Jones, I think, is definitely worthy of a pickup. He is growing. Uh, Belichick is starting to trust him more in this offense, and I love to see it. I think Mac Jones is a uh, 
yeah, is a QB two or a waiver wire pickup in, in desperation. Yeah, I agree, man. Totally. I mean, he, he looked really good. I mean, granted it was the jets. He, I mean, he has struggled here and there against um, better defenses, but like, like you said, he, he's more of um, an injury insurance guy. So uh, with that said, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And for my guy, I think we got to talk about Tua, man. Back-to-back games, um, he's looked great back-to-back games, and he's only 43% owned in ESPN League. So yeah, um, I'm definitely going out there and I'm grabbing Tua. Um, not a good matchup this week against the Bills, but moving forward, um, I think I think Tua could be could be ahead as like a, you know maybe a high a QB two with upside. Who even knows? I mean, I know last year uh, this first game didn't end too well, and you can't really base performances off that. And listen, the Bills' defense is superior. Uh, but if Tua can last this entire game, he might be worthy of a start this week. It's not going to be electric. But if you are if right. you are in need of QB help, I think two is one of the better um, waiver wire options. This is going to be a better fantasy game than real life game, kind of like the last two weeks have been. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like the last two weeks for else. Tua. No, for sure, for sure. I do so. believe week seventeen last year when he played the Bills, he did throw for like three hundred yards, but he threw the ball fifty times. So <laughs> it was a lot, a lot of ints. Yeah. It was just not good. Uh, is there anybody else in the in the uh, in the waiver wire for quarterbacks that you've noticed that interest you at this point? Not really, man. I mean, I guess I'll say Daniel Jones again. If he's out there, grab him. He's always worth a stream, uh-huh. um, dude. I'm telling you, he's always he's always worth something with his legs. Um, I guess if you want, you can go with Case Keenum. I don't know what they're saying about Baker. Um, all I know is that he. I guess he's it's pretty messed a broken up. bone, right? He's pretty messed up. He said he's going to wait till surgery for after the season, but um, I think he really wants to get out there and play. So I, I, I don't know um, what that does for the team. I, I think there's definite limitations with Baker. And I think, honestly, yeah. moving to Case Keenum for the Browns is a pretty horizontal move, uh, even even in fantasy's sake in, in, in some instances. Case looked fine against Denver. Case looked great against Denver last week. So. He looked fine, especially with a beat-up arsenal. So, Right. No, for sure he did. Uh, all right, let's go to the money back room now. And I guess I, oh, gu- I guess another desperation one, too, would be Jimmy G, I guess. I mean, I'm not I'm not going out of my way to pick him up, but, I mean, if, if you're desperate and there's no other guys left and you have a guy on by this week, I guess go and grab Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, hey, Trey Lance is going to be out for a little while. Uh, it's Jimmy G's the guy until he isn't. So... All right, let's take a look at uh, at running backs. I can assure you all that uh, one Dearness Johnson is probably gone in all of your waivers. You know your waivers. I don't even yeah, see him. Gone. I don't see him at all. Uh, <laughs> he is he is long gone at, in mine. And yeah, have people picked him up? He did a hell of a game. But if he is available for some reason, in yours uh, with the. You know, w- with everything going on, uh, yeah, that, that was a huge miss. But, yeah, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb out, if Dearness Johnson is still available in your waiver wire, pick him up. Yeah, I mean, and there are reports that, that, that Chubb is coming back this week. So, but um, no, but for sure, like, just in case, I'd, I'd go grab him. But even still, like, uh, with how the, the, the Browns operate with the two running backs, 
You're right. You're just, yeah, you're right. You're, I think even Johnson would be worthy of a start in, in place of Kareem Hunt. I, I most certainly uh, would say. As far as everybody else, again, I'm not happy with running backs. Kenyon Drake is available. He, he's in one of my leagues. He's 60, only a little bit less than 60% rostered. Uh, Khalil Herbert is available. He's 60, 61% rostered. I mean, these Michael are Carter's just, a name. Michael Carter. Oh, for um, uh, the Jets. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he is a clear cut guy right now. Um, two more names for you. Um, Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. So Miles Sanders is considered week to week now. And all they have left now is going to be Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. And they've done enough with the Boston Scott experiment as much as I love Boston Scott. Kenneth Gainwell fits the mold as, you know, a three down back. So I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be really interesting for the Eagles, especially if Sirianni could realize, you know, that he has running backs and he can't hand the ball off. <laughs> so um, I think Kenneth Gainwell is actually going to benefit a lot from this Miles Sanders injury. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hope so. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but Gainwell does have a lot of – uh, upside to him. So uh, for sure, the Eagles got to figure something out with their, with the way that they operate their offense. So I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, Samaje P Ryan, he's kind of, well, he had a pretty good game against Baltimore. He had a good game against green Bay. Yeah. They didn't play against Detroit. He didn't. They're playing. They're, they're, he's playing against the jets this week in week eight. Uh, that's a very enticing thing. Bengals starting to open up their game, their, their playbook a little bit, use the running backs a little bit more. Joe Mixon's doing, you know, just just dandy for those who still believe in him. And then I think Samaj P. Ryan is uh, is definitely worth yeah. a grab off waivers. Did I say Khalil Herbert from the Bears? He, I mentioned him. I, he is sixty one percent rostered. He's put up two great weeks: okay. nineteen against Green Bay and eighteen against Tampa Bay. And all things considered, with Tampa Bay's pass rush, that's not too bad. So if Khalil Herbert's still available in your league, uh, and you need yeah. running back depth, go ahead. Montgomery will say one more back time soon, though, I think. Yeah, he is. Um, just real quick, just a friendly reminder. If you have space, go grab Marlon Mack. He's, his name is hot on, 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 the, on the trade front, especially with, with the deadline a week from today when, when you're listening to it. So, right. Um, I'd say Marlon Mack and Ronald Jones are the two hot names right now. Speaking um, of trade, but I, what, what, what stock are you taking in the Watson stuff going around? Dude, would it even matter no mid-season? I would mean, even matter? Oh, like in terms of like his fantasy production, if he does get traded. I mean, yeah, if, if he's just, off waivers, just in general, just scooped him up at off waivers. Just watching rumors. Is he worthy of a uh, maybe a, a stash and uh, a grab and stash? Yeah, I would. I mean, if he's not traded, he's an immediate drop. He's not playing. Um, right. I mean, yeah, you, you can stash him. I mean, if he goes like somewhere like the Dolphins, he's immediately like a QB one. I mean, he's got amazing weapons right there for him. Even the Eagles, dude. Like, I, I think I don't think the Eagles are talked about enough as a destination for for Deshaun Watson. And then even the Broncos. Were well, Carolina's a quiet name came up. Point. Carolina's name came up, but according mm-hmm. to everybody, the only place that Watson wants to play for is Miami, Miami. and that's the only place he will go because he has that that. That uh, that no trade clause, so he has all the power right now. Literally, he really yeah. does. He essentially he does. Um, all right, let's take a look at wide receivers now. A couple big games uh, from some some peoples. 
All right. uh, Jerry Judy's coming back. So check your, check your waivers for him. If anybody dropped him, if you don't have an IR spot, check, check for Jerry Judy. There's always a dummy who drops people. Like yes. That. Um, Kendrick Bourne. I'm interested. I think with the rise of Mac Jones, I think Kendrick Bourne has become a possible option. 14 points against Dallas, 17 over 17, almost 18 against the jets this past week. Uh, if he needs a wide receiver depth, yeah. I'm liking Kendrick Bourne. I will say with that one, they'll proceed with caution because those were on two huge plays. The one was a play where um, Nelson Aguilar threw the ball to him, right? As for a touchdown pass, and the other one was a, was a blown coverage. So I believe so. I will yeah. say with that, proceed with, with caution because Jacoby Myers is the guy there. And it's making me so mad because, you know, Jacoby Myers does not have a receiving touchdown yet. Not 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 just this season in his whole career, really. Which is that kind bad. of a crazy stat because Jacoby Myers is such a good player, but he's on such a mediocre offense. Um, but I mean that that's kind of my rant because I'm I'm a big Jacoby Myers guy. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, other than that, though, I'm not liking the wide receivers available. I mean, Khalif Raymond is he got a bunch of targets. Yeah. Detroit played pretty good, but that was. Only his second best game. He got 19 points against Chicago in week four. His use is very sporadic. And the game scripting called for it. Alan, Alan Lazard uh, has put oh, up yeah, two yeah. good weeks. I don't know and if it's cool yet. out. Right. Supposedly going to be out this week. So check yeah, for Amari Rodgers, too. Amari Rodgers and Alan Lazard. I would go out and check out for it. They play Thursday. Yeah, I think Green Bay plays Thursday against the uh, against Arizona. So yep, a guy like Lazard Yes, that's it's tough. Devontae Adams, very tough. So Alan Lazard should, should see an uptick. Other than that, yeah, I'm not over. Um, check out, see if Sterling Shepard's available because he's been he's missed a few games, so he's probably been getting dropped. And his first few games, he was getting averaging like over ten targets a game. So, and he's going to be the only one there. No Saquon for the time being. No Kenny Galladay. Darius Slayton is irrelevant now. Um, and and Kadarius Tony's hurt, so Sterling Shepard's going to be the only guy there um, for the Giants. So, absolutely. Uh, all right. I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it for wide receiver. It's that then. Let's go look at tight ends now and close this episode up uh, at the top. Dude, I have a good one. I bet you do. Tunyon, man, Tunyon this week. No Adams. Um, He's still Rogers owned in a bunch of leagues. He's still owned in a bunch. He is. I mean, is I dropped weird. him in. I I dropped him in ESPN league because he was just he's tight end thirty seven. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's going to get picked up a lot because he had a big week this week. But I only see his production going up, especially now with Devonte Adams out. And there could even be more names coming out from Green Bay that are going to be on the COVID list too. It's only Adams right now, but there there could be some more names that, right. that leak out. So no, I uh, I. I, I agree that it, it could get worse. It certainly could get worse. So yeah, Tanya's yep. an interesting one, a little bit of a breakout game for, uh, for this year, but uh, you know, CJ Azuma has to be in consideration. He's been super yep. inconsistent, but he was at the top. He was at the very top of this week's like by far Foster Morrow also say, had yep. a good game. If Darren Waller is going to continue to be out, look for Foster. Derek Morrow. Carr loves Foster Morrow loves him. He does. Uh, yeah, Dude, Moelle Cox. Come on, it's time. Yeah, he's getting scooped up. I, I think it's time. He caught a touchdown this week. Uh, big body target. He's good for, I'm not going to say every week, but he's good for touchdown targets. Listen, the Colts are going to need him this week against Tennessee. I I would dare say that Moelle Cox, if he is available in your fantasy lineups, 
Go scoop him up. Yeah. Go scoop him up. Um, but that's, yeah, that's really all I got. I mean, if Hunter Henry's still floating around, we talked about him last week. Go scoop him. But um, but that's that's really it, man. You got anything else? No, I think we're good. I think so, too. I think we nailed that one. I think we did. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And on behalf of Brian, Ryan, and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good.